Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. Well, earlier in the week, former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores has shocked the football world with his civil suit against the NFL, accusing the league of racial discrimination in their hiring practices. We will discuss the ramifications of this lawsuit, how ineffective the Rooney Rule has been, and what has to be done to change the lack of minorities in ownership, front office jobs, and head coach. We'll do that with my good friend, columnist, journalist, and author, William C. Roden of The Undefeated. We'll begin this edition of New York Sports and Beyond after this timeout. The National Football League is an example to the world. It really is. And they have an opportunity. People follow the lead of the National Football League. They just do. That's just, that's how powerful this league is. So there's an opportunity here. There really is. I said it this morning. We're at a fork in the road here. These things are either going to stay the way they've been or we're going to move in a direction that will not only help and affect change amongst the black minority coaches in the National Football League, but it, 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 it won't just be there. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. William C. Roden has been writing about sports for almost four decades. Columnist at the Baltimore Sun, columnist at the New York Times, author of $40 Million Slaves, and current writer at large for The Undefeated. Previously, he was also a copy editor in the Sunday Week in Review section since 1981 when he joined the New York Times. And he was also an associate editor at Jet Magazine. He's done a lot, has a broad variety of experience. So ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming my good friend, William C. Roden, I call him Bill, to New York Sports and Beyond. Hey, Bill. Hey, man. How you doing, Larry? How's it going? It's just great, my friend. I was on the air earlier this week, and I was telling folks that, and I mentioned you, you and I were having this conversation, Bill, in 1985, 6, 7, mm. when we were talking about you know, there were no African-American head coaches and suddenly Art Shelley merged as the wow, head coach right. of, of, of the Oakland Raiders. And that's a long time ago, Bill. And he was the first head coach, and African-American head coach. And now we got one African-American head coach again. And this is 2022. Yeah, it's kind of like a merry-go-round. You know, I mean, our whole thing. I mean, we're also fighting against voter repression. And, you know, we thought that we had, some people thought we had that solved in the 50s, you know, or, and, you know, so I think that the lesson here is that this stuff is never going to be over. You know, there are people, whether it's in the NFL or the NBA, uh, whether it's in, in Congress and Senate, there have been people who have always been fighting against, you know, black folks and freedom and black folks and opportunity. And, you know, just when you think you have, something called solved, you got to remind yourself that it's never solved because, you know, those forces will never stop. And I think the NFL is a great microcosm of that. Uh, the only hope in the NFL is when you look at the, you know, the evolution of the NFL, you know, where in 1946, when they reintegrated, you know, with Kenny Washington and uh, Woody Strode joining the, the LA Rams, when the Rams moved from Cleveland, you know, there were like two. There were only two black players in the NFL. If you'd have told the owner of one of those teams back then, they said, "That's okay." By 2022, your league is going to be 70 percent black. They probably would have like, you know, croaked. You know, they couldn't have believed it, and that there would even be one black head coach. So, well, that you would have told the same person that there would be, you know, four or five black quarterbacks, and a couple of them would have won NFL championships. They wouldn't believe you. So. I got to think, Larry, that 
you know, that same evolution is going to take hold in this coaching business that will get beyond this, you know, critical mass of like maybe over seven and eight, and eventually it'll be more. But we, we both know that the only reason that that's going to happen is that you got to keep fighting and you got to keep pushing. You got to keep talking about it on the radio. I got to keep writing about it. Uh, hopefully these young black players that are part of 70% have got to exercise their muscle and speak up and let the people on their team, let them know that they're looking at this and that, uh, they don't like what they see, you know, but, but the point is that we, we talked about 1985, 86, uh, but we have to keep talking about it and pushing and grinding because like I said, man, this stuff is just never going to be over. And the great correlation, and we all know that sports is a microcosm of society. So the great correlation of what's going on with voter rights and, and all the things that are happening off the field of play is mirrored on the field of play because the power structure off and on the field of play is the same, Bill. Yeah, and, and that's the whole the power dynamic, which is why I thought it was fascinating that uh, uh, I wrote a column for The Undefeated. And one of the things I led with was that passage in um, Brian Flores in his uh, suit where he, he called the he said the NFL was not unlike a plantation, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in, in that the owners sit in a box. These owners, none of whom are black, sit in these boxes, and they watch this labor work. And and that's what it is. You have, you know, black labor, uh, white, white, white riches, you know, white wealth. And, you know, I, I just thought that what Brian Flores did was courageous, um, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's courageous. And, and, and I think, you know, the owners, man, we haven't seen this before. Uh, you know, I think, the, I, I think that, um, uh, who knows what's going to happen in Houston. They may hire that guy, Josh McEwen, yeah, McCown, yeah. you know, who has, you know, who has no, no coaching experience, but I, I, I don't know, I don't know how you feel is that the owners, Remember, remember in 2017 when the former president—I can't even remember his name—told uh, a group of people in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, that the owners should fire any son of a bitch who kneels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, to the extent that a lot of these owners are Republicans and 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 supported that president, I think that what we're seeing now is this is a level of defiance from these guys, you know, saying. That, that you know, you, you're not going to tell them who to hire. They're going to hire who they want to hire, and that they're not going to be pushed. And, and I just think that what we're seeing is, is defiance. And the thing about Flores is, is that I think that's the only you have to go to court. You can't mm-hmm. deal with good wishes and talk and, and you know, Goodell, whatever he's going to say at the press conference about we're trying and our uh, diversity and social justice. The only thing they hear, man, or, or listen to, is, is is law, the court of law, and being forced to pay up and forced to pay reparations. It's the only thing that they respond to. And what's really scary about that, Bill, is because, as you mentioned, you're talking about owners who love to go against each other, right? There's a rivalry. They all don't agree on the same page. They're all not happy. They, they all, they're all not in one accord. 
except on certain issues, right? And, and of course, collusion is always hard to prove, speaking of the courts again. But you have to wonder if, okay, look, this is no disrespect to Brian Dable. Brian Dable worked hard. He was an offensive coordinator. He's been to several places. He's paid his dues. We get that. We understand that, Bill. Right. But when you mention Josh McCown, Josh McCown has not done any coordinator. He's not done anything. And yet his name gets popped up as, as the next head coach when you've got a former head coach who's got head coaching experience, all right, who turned a team around that was 1-7 and, 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 and won seven straight, okay, who had a winning record. And this is the same organization that fired – uh, Adam Gase, and he gets hired right away for two years with the Jets. And, and what were, was what's going to go down is probably the two worst coaching years in NFL history. And you're going to say right. that you don't understand what's going on here? I mean, come on, Bill. The NFL should be better than that. Well, yeah, but how are you going to make them better? You know, uh, you know, and, and again, that, that's the, the question. How are you going to make them better? You know, mm-hmm. that the league has gotten better uh, when it started including black players. The league right. got better when they start when they when they embrace that quarterback. You know, in retrospect, they could say, you know, we get better when we become more inclusive. But you, you, it's all a fight, man. It's like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pulling teeth to make this league do the right thing. Well, to the black people, I'm just watching, looking at a feed, and the, the 49ers just fired their tight end coach from Breed. Mm-hmm. They asked him to take a 60 percent pay cut. And he didn't, and they fired him. I mean, I mean, this is like in in the midst of this whole firestorm uh, over black coaches, and this is how they respond. So, I'm just saying, man, that that, that this is really uh, we're you know this you, you know we're in this intense thing of resistance. Yeah. Um, like you said, across the board, but the microcosm is like the NFL, where these guys are saying. Essentially, you know, we will not be moved. You're not going to make us. You're not going to make us do anything. You're right. That's the voice of William C. Roden. He is a writer at large for the undefeated. You know him. He's, he's worked. At, he's been a columnist for the Times. He's got the great book uh, that he had some years ago, uh, Forty Slaves in Football." Mm-hmm. It, it's just he, he's been all over these things, and that's why I wanted to have him on this morning on New York Sports and Beyond here on ninety-eight seven ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. When New York Sports and Beyond returns, we'll continue our discussion. What will the NFL do as far as changing their practices? Is the Rooney Rule any good? We'll discuss it next on 98.7 ESPN. I think the, those text messages confirmed a lot of what a lot of us, you know, black minority coaches already feel. That a lot of we're going into these and they're shams. It confirmed that. A lot of uh, there's a belief in, in, you know, look, that was just a mistake by Bill Check. We've all sent the wrong text message to somebody. But in this instance, it came to me and, and it was almost, you know, it was confirmation that that, that, that those back, 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 uh, backroom dealings were happening. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond on 987 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversation with William C. Roden, journalist, columnist, and author. All right, Bill, let's lock in on some of, on, on parts of this lawsuit, which is fascinating to me. And I'm going to go to the part about where, and you had some great articles. You mentioned one of them. Uh, and I'm going to refer to the NFL merry-go-round for black coaches as an embarrassment that must end. Please read it. It's on The Undefeated. And in there, you allude to uh, Stephen Ross, and uh, further down, you allude to uh, the black general manager who fires Brian Flores because ultimately Brian Flores didn't go out and lose games intentionally and was going to be paid. That's the allegation in the lawsuit and was going to be paid to lose games specifically to help them 
along with not trying to tamper with the quarterback who, according to published reports out of Miami, is supposed to have been Tom Brady to get Tom Brady to come to Miami. Now, Bill, any head coach worth his salt is not trying to lose games because if you lose games, you don't get hired again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Particularly when it when it comes out as it will that you were tanking. If he would have taken the money, it would have been even worse. Yep. You know, if it comes out that he took the money to tank, it'd have been even worse. You know. But again, you know, Larry, we we talk about all this stuff, but you can't prove it. like with the Gruden emails. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what's been so fascinating about these last few months when there's this whole invisible world of stuff that we think is going on, but we don't have any proof. They're these kind of leaks. When you're like, damn it, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew this is what they were saying, you know. And um, uh, But it's just phenomenal. I mean, the fact that they're going to have this quote unquote, unknown quarterback mm-hmm. on a yacht, and they want mm-hmm. Florida to come and participate in that, which is tampering. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really... You know, you can't make this stuff up, man. People think that you're writing fiction, and it's not. It's real. And and it just shows the power structure that you think you can get away with anything, so you do what you want to do because you're not not answerable to anybody. Yeah, right. I guess these guys almost like feel they're like the right to a god, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that they they can literally get away with murder. They can do anything, you know, and until proven otherwise, I mean, you know, uh, what what impact will this have? You know, I think the only impact is when you had a uh, a one hundred percent labor strike. Yeah, you know, because remember their business, the the, the the labor in their business are human beings. Yeah. You know, and that's what distinguishes them from a lot of other industries that they rely on human beings for their for their industry to work. Mm-hmm. And if that labor would just refuse to play. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only thing that would get their attention or would kneel or stay a one-day day of absence or something, just to embarrass the league. Um, you know, but uh, short of that, you know, I think that this kind of stuff will go on um, until, you know, you almost like about three or four super black coaches who will, you know, be like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. who will win, you know, you know, championships. And, you know, it's like a copycat league. Like, Damn, man, we got to get some black-headed coaches. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's it, interesting. Uh, yeah, but you got to keep grinding. I mean, I think sure. that's the thing that we're, we're pissed. But like you said, we've been talking about this since we've known each other, which mm-hmm. is going back to the 80s. Yeah. And, and and it is like a merry-go-round. It, it, it's crazy. It, it just is. And the other part of this that's so interesting, what you also had in your article, and I want you to you know expound on this for my audience, is the role, and we know that Tamara Smith is outgoing at the, at the NFL Players Association, but you talk in your article about his role and how he hasn't really been able to galvanize the uh, rank and file uh, to understand that there are some things that you really have to fight for other than your money. Right. That there's other things that that have to be you have to really take an interest to. And it's really kind of sad because as you write it and you put it in, it's plain. It's real. Some of these guys don't even care about this. Right. Right. Yeah. We keep getting back to that, that they don't care. (laughs) You know, And how do you deal with that? You know, when people are letting you know that, you know, 
we're not dealing with morality. We don't care what you say. You know, uh, we're going to press on. Um, you know, uh, you know, like I, I keep thinking about the, the guy in San Francisco. You know, who just fired. I mean, you're in the middle of this firestorm, right? Mm-hmm. Of black coaches, mm-hmm. and they respond by firing another black coach. Mm-hmm. You know, so it'll be it'll be kind of curious to find out how the NFL takes back this narrative as the media goes into uh, goes to uh, Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, a lot of our colleagues, man, ain't trying to hear this either. I mean, that's the other problem. Yeah. You know, a lot of people yeah. in our industry ain't trying to promote this either. You know, they'd rather just stick to football. Yeah. You know. So, Let's talk about uh, Tom Brady retiring and Jimmy G. Jimmy G says he's done with the Niners. How could that be? Where, where, where are they going to Where are they going to go next? Is Trey Lance ready? I mean, you know, that's the, let's let's move on because that's what the story is. But you know, listen, when you have, and I have to tell you this, Bill. You know, when you have a coach of the magnitude of Bill Belichick send you a text in error to let you mm-hmm. know and open the door that hey, guess what. This situation was already decided three days before you're having a meeting with them, allegedly. Right. Bill, right. that's a major thing. And, and that's something that, you know, that's empirical evidence. That's right there. That's something that, look, we all knew that the that people were circumventing the Rooney rule. The Rooney rule, the, the heart, their heart was in the right place. The Rooney's, the heart was in the right place in doing it. But we all knew. We all knew just from the numbers that people were circumventing this rule. This is hard evidence that there's no question that they are. Yeah, well, this is kind of the proof that we're, we, we're looking for. And the fact it came from Bill Belichick, um, you know, how, what they respond, well, the, you know, the, the Patriots aren't going to say anything, uh-uh. you know, <laughs> and, and the Giants have doubled down. So we're, we have confidence in our process, you know, and the NFL has dismissed, you know, uh, the suit as being without merit. I think that's what they're going to do. They're just going to kind of power through it and say, we don't have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. You know, I suspect that if the White House, some government looked into their antitrust exemption of the NFL mm-hmm. and threatened that antitrust, that would get their attention. Yeah. You know, if something like that would happen, uh, you know, that would get their attention. But otherwise, you're right. I mean, this email uh, faux pas uh, with the Patriots and Bill Belichick basically confirm what we've been talking about for years, how these guys are getting around us. But for all, but, but for years they deny it, you know, now they'll probably say, well, that's just one case. Or maybe they'll say, who knows what they'll say? Well, the email was out of, the email was actually sent. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Or Bill was delusional or something, you know, <laughs> you, you know, whatever they're going to say, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, you're, you're right. It was like I said, just like the Gruden emails, yeah, the misogynist, the racist, the homophobe, you know, you, you you know he would have denied ever having sent it mm-hmm. until you get busted, and and then it's kind of like well, you know well everybody's doing it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's the law of the land. Man. This is the yeah. law of the land. I'm gonna read you a quote from uh, the NFL commissioner, and this is also part of your articles uh, in the Undefeated, quoting the commissioner. Mm-hmm. This is from January of uh, 2021. Mm. It's much broader than just head coaches for us, but head coaches are important. And we put a lot of policies and focus on that this year. As you know, we had two minority coaches hired this year, but it wasn't what we expected. And it's not what we expect going forward. There's a lot of diversity in the coordinator position also and across the league. But we're not satisfied and we feel like we can do better and we're going to. That's totally different than what they doubled down with 
earlier this week, Bill, when they in, in response to a Brian Flores civil suit. This is more palatable. This is a thing where, okay, we feel we can do better and we're going to do better. They they came off in that in that response like, I don't know what you're talking about. We got what? You see all these black coaches we got over here? <laughs> right, right. Right. Now, you know, Larry, I mean, everything Everything we've talked about in the last 15, 20 minutes is true. The one, the voices that have been missing, and this is sort of the thing I'd love to do during the Super Bowl, I want to sit down with a couple of these owners, because those yes. are the voices that are missing in this. Absolutely. You know, it's you and me talking, you know, us talking, and also Green preaching to the choir, but we haven't heard from John Mara. You know, we haven't heard from, you know, from... Chicago, you know, and a lot of these guys are all on these committees, you know, a lot of these owners, you know, after the George Floyd thing, they, they form these committees, Mm -hmm. these social justice committees that they're all on, you know? Uh, and so that's what I want to hear from. I want to hear from, from one or two or three owners Mm -hmm. here. You know, how do you, you know, maybe it will make perfect sense. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it'll make sense. Or maybe one of them will be, and I also want to hear from some white GMs to step up, maybe a Scott Pioli or some other who step up and say, yeah, I've seen it happen. I've seen, mm-hmm. I've been in those meetings. I know these are sham meetings because I've been a part of it and I've seen it. You know, you need some white coaches to step up too and say that, yeah, I know, I know it because I'm part of it. You know, I mean, that, that's what you call guts. Yeah. You know, don't just, on Martin Luther King Day of Black History Month, talk about all the folks who sacrifice, you sacrifice too, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. It, it, you know, and, and again, like you're saying with DeMores or with black players, man, you got to step up. Come on. Yeah. It, it, it's a really crazy situation, Bill. And, and once again, talking to Bill Roden, columnist, journalist, author, writer at large for the undefeated. He's my guest, uh, Larry Hardesty, New York sports and beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. And, and Bill, you're so right. That's who we need to hear from. Cause we need to hear if they will be honest. What's that? Right. What's that mode of thinking? What? What are they? What do they see? What? When you look, if we could step inside their brain, Bill, and look through their eyes, what do we see? What would we see? What would that thought process be? And for the new uh, additional uh, African American GMs that we have, there's one in Chicago, one in Minnesota. What did you mention? We mentioned uh, the Greer in in Miami. What's the pressure like on them right. okay, to bring in? an African-American head coach and understand that he really can't take that name back to the owner because the owner really is not interested in having an African-American head coach. And so you're looking at him to say, come on, man, you know what I'm going through. How come you're not helping me out here? Right. Well, you know, you know, know, we've seen it so much, man, both of our careers where these brothers are hired or sisters and there's pressure on them not to do what their white colleagues have done. Mm-hmm. There's pressure on them not to hire, you know, like, you know, you see how white guys go there and hire, you know, hire more white people. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, but if you do that, there's mm-hmm. always a thing, oh, you know, are you going to, you know, I think I was talking to Tony Dungy yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was saying, early on, you know, one owner was telling him, you know, there are too many black folks on your, too many black coaches on your staff, you know, and I think that's kind of what we're up against, that they'll put you in a position, they'll make you the station manager. It's okay, Odyssey. Now, come on, don't, don't lose your mind. Now, you know, we bringing in all these black folks in here. Look, at, you know, make it look like WVON or something. You know, you know, and 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 so there's always that kind of pressure on us that's mm-hmm. not on our white colleagues. 
Yeah. yeah. It's always a person who has to do, to do the, quote, right thing, end quote. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah, to play right, yeah, yeah, and you better know what the right thing is. <laughs> the right thing is the white thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to be fair. You you got to know what to do. That is that – Yeah, you got to uh, be fair. Not that we fair. are. <laughs> but that gets back to the – yeah, but this is our stuff. This is, you know, you know getting like this is our country. This mm-hmm. is us. You yeah. know, this is a white man's – I mean, it kind of gets into that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it is our league. You know, this is our stuff. This is our, you know, these are our rules. You know, and I think that we have to start taking back that narrative, man. I mean, this is as much our country as their country. It's probably, sure. probably more of our country. I mean, I, my ancestors have been here since the 17th century, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I think we've. this is another conversation, but even when it gets to the flag, I think we, we have ceded patriotism to a lot of white folks. So that's a white thing. And no, man, this is like Curtis Mayfield said, you know, mm-hmm. when he when he wrote the song, This is this is my country. Mm-hmm. And it is. He said, No, no, man, this is my country. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're we're probably more invested in this than any of y'all. You know, we've been here for centuries. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we plowed the fields, cleared the trees, you know. Uh, you know, so I, and and I think that that all fits into this and I think with players too, young players have to get together. And you have to say, "No, man, this is our league too. We've helped make this league." Mm-hmm. And for you to tell us that we've got no shot at being head coaches and executives is we're not going to we are not going to let you get away with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be as ferocious in fighting that as we are as blitzing and getting to the quarterback and making spectacular catches. You know, we're going to also make you know, do spectacular things to fight this and to fight you. We're going to show that same kind of courage, you know. Coming up, will Brian Flores get a head coaching job in the NFL or does the lawsuit doom him to not get a job? This is New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. We didn't have to file a lawsuit for for the world to know that there's an, an issue from a hiring and firing practices so in the International Football League. Why did that, that's um, correct. A I lot of people just, yeah. have pointed this out. So why did you feel you needed to do this? Because we need change. That was the number one reason. And I know there's, there's a sacrifice, there's risk to that, but um, at the end of the day, we need change. We need change. I, I know many very capable black coaches, um, some of my staff who I know if given an opportunity or when given an opportunity are going to go and do a great job on their interview. And I would just hate for that to be a waste. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Let's conclude my discussion with William C. Roden, writer at large for the undefeated. Here's some numbers, Bill. You know them. They're all in the uh, they're all in the lawsuit. Only one of NFL's 32 teams, three percent, employs a black head coach. Only four of the NFL's 32 teams, 12 percent, employ a black offensive coordinator. Only 11 of the NFL's 32 teams, 34 percent, employ a black defensive coordinator. And Bill, the the, the tragic thing here is uh, obviously the numbers but even when you go on these interviews and, and you would think okay I have the opportunity to go on the interviews and you would think the mo- you, you would get something out of the interviews and I'm not saying that you don't other than the job right but I'm not saying there's something for learning the process right for you to be good at the game you have to know the game you have to exactly. be involved in the game all right and so if if these you're not even getting that if they're not serious about hiring you because they're not really taking you through a, a legitimate process of learning, of trying to find out what you know and what you can do for that team. Well, I think Flores said he, he showed up in Denver and John Elway showed up like an hour late and showed up hungover. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then they hired Vic Fangio. So he had no, you know, he had no, um, you know, he had no uh, intention. Yeah. Of hiring him, so it's a disrespect. You know, I mean, kind of if you go back to the medical stuff that we dealt with last year, where they had race uh, race norming. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where black players who were um, saying that you know they suffered CTE and cognitive brain damage uh, were routinely rejected because they had a higher they had a higher burden of proof because you know the, the race normies said well y'all are, are cognitively cognitively inferior mm-hmm. to white players to begin with yeah. you know so this kind of blatant disrespect that runs across the league. And, and I really think that the only reason you know, there, there's so many black players is that white people, well, we cannot do what you can do. In those instances where we cannot do what you do, you know, you know, like be running backs and doing all this great fantastic stuff you do on our field, we, we have no other choice, we will hire you. But where we have a choice, we will not hire you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's, I think, the dilemma. That's kind of where we are. But no, we're not going to be here always. I hope not. Bill, we've been doing this a long time, as we've talked about it. I, I'm going to ask you how do you how do you keep what keeps you fighting? What keeps you writing and understanding the the a responsibility you have to keep putting this side of the story out there to keep you know to to keep interviewing folks to talk to a Tony Dungy who shared with you i remember talking to Todd Bowles when he was head coach of the jets and he talked about he felt it was his duty to give as many coordinators and and position coaches of african american descent the opportunity to gain experience because they're not going to get it somewhere else uh what yeah and i think that's the thing it's i'm sure it's the same thing uh um you know uh the same thing that drives you and me and all that is just mm-hmm. whoever was your mentor, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's been our whole history in this country is basically running this existential relay race mm-hmm. of, you know, having, a, you know, having elders pass the torch to you. Then you mm-hmm. have it to the younger generation. And I think that that's kind of what we're doing now, you know, with this generation, uh, these millennials, you know, is that say, okay, y'all, your turn now, you're up. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that some of you have been paid really well and you're really comfortable <laughs> and you don't want to, you know, kind of ruin it and mess mm-hmm. it up. But yeah. it's your turn, you know, because yeah. eventually they will deal with you. At some point, they will deal with you. You know, if you if you don't step up to the plate, they will deal with you. You know, don't think that, you know, keeping your mouth shut is going to spare you because it won't, you know. But, but I just think it's it's that sense of, you know, passing the torch and, and kind of, you know, continue to give your life meaning and mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's what it is, meaning and purpose. And that's continuing to fight this, you know, fight this fight, fight this battle, you know, and using your medium to do it. You know, just like, like I said, you know, somebody handed the torch to you. Mm-hmm. Now you got to hand it yeah. to someone else. You know, you and Tony Page and everybody, is, you know, all the people we know, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's about you know, passing that torch and making sure the younger generation knows that at some point that's their responsibility. It's not a job. It's a responsibility, right, Bill? That's what it is. It's not really a job. Exactly. Right. Exactly. This is what you have to do. This is part of it because, 
you wouldn't be here if I hadn't been here and I'm here because somebody else did it and we go all the way back and listen, come on, you, you, you started uh, journalists, uh, columnists in, in what, Baltimore was it, Bill? Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. columnists back then to talking like like we started the show, right? Talking about some of the same issues that we continue to talk about time after time after time after time. It it's it's kind of it's really it's really weird cuz you see it and you know, you see it, you look outside, you say, "Man, that's a blue sky." And then somebody comes along and tells you, "Well, you know, it's not really blue. It's <laughs> it's, it's 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 really kind of gray because and, and I'll translate that because, listen, um, Tony Dungy was let go in Tampa Bay after winning season. Caldwell let go mm-hmm. after winning season. Uh, but yet, guys who get fired get a second opportunity with a losing record. So it, it, it's really it's really a gray sky. No, that sky is blue. Okay, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, that sky is really blue because it isn't fair. And you see the difference. And stop trying to convince me that it, that it isn't the same. It's not the same. Right, right. Exactly. And that's the definition of power. Do you have the power to define? Mm -hmm. You know, to say, you know, know, there was an ocean there. We filled it in with, you know, put sand there. So I said, no, there's never an ocean there. So, yeah, no, 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 never was. There was an ocean there, you know. So, so who controls the narrative? It is. And, And, Bill, we have a couple of minutes left. We're just talking about the pro. Listen, we've been talking about the college situation forever, right? The college mm-hmm. situation is even worse than the That's almost situation. worse. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost worse. It's almost, in fact, you know, I mean, this whole thing is about welfare for white coaches. That's what this entire system is, is welfare for white coaches. You know, uh, you let the black guys play, you know, but, you know, but this is our welfare system, you know, and you know, a lot of our colleagues in our business help um, perpetuate it. You know, by talking about, hey, by not talking about it, mm-hmm. and then glorifying their coaches, but not talk about this process, which is terrible. I, I remember mm. Bill having this similar conversation with the late great Eddie Robinson of Grambling, mm. and he would say to me, he said, "Larry, how can you tell me?" This was when there were no African American head coaches. Bill, he said, "How can you tell me that great coaches like Tom Landry and you know Don Shula and, and legendary coaches like that have not taught?" their players something in football about leadership and and how to play the game and the right way to play the game in strategic situations that they could not become head coaches just by, by being around them. How can you tell me that none of the African-Americans learned from them how to do that, that they could be head coaches? And when you go back to it, Bill, it's always been the lack of respect for what is it? Positions of centrality. It was the the black head. The, it was the black head coach. It was the black quarterback, as you mentioned earlier. Oh, we don't think he can do this. He he can't read the playbook. We have to limit what we do. He can run, but he can't throw. Uh, you know. And then the same thing with head coaches. Well, you know, I don't know if they're leader of men. I don't know if they can handle this because ultimately, that's what they're telling me. Because that's what all I hear about with with successful coaches that's what they do with successful quarterbacks look how he handles the huddle look how he controls the guys the guys know they're confident in him that he can march them down the field look at what happens with these coaches they this coach look their teams don't make mistakes they're mentally tough they're 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 physically they're ready to go they are smart they are disciplined so that must be the reason why the 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 African American up until now, African-American quarterbacks are now getting a better 
opportunity, and that's why African American head coaches are not allowed in the National Football League. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, all I can say is just amen to that. That's 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 you know that's you know all that's true. You know, all that's true, and um, you know, you know. I mean, like I said, I mean, you and I are just preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. We all know this stuff. Yep. You know, we know the hypocrisy. We know the contradictions. I think that we just want actions. And, and one one other thing, I think you got a guy like, uh, and I, I I do not know uh, Mike Tomlin at all. Mm-hmm. I just respect him a great deal. But sure. you know, I'm not sure how many black coordinators uh, Mike Tomlin has nurtured. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know how large his tree is. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm waiting to hear Mike Tomlin's voice on this because he now is a senior yeah. person, yeah. the only person. Yeah. And I don't know what his philosophy is about this. I don't know if he's having conversations behind closed doors and doesn't believe that I say stuff. But, you know, we need to hear important voices. We need to hear DeMora Smith, yeah. although he's outgoing. But we need to hear from these people yeah. about how are you, what are you saying to these owners? What do you say to your owners? You know, what do you say to your players? You know, are you mobilizing people? So, you know, you know, I mean, sometimes racism is a given, but are you on, as a black person, uh, are you committed to opposing it? Mm-hmm. Or are you just committed to, hey, I got mine, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, does Brian Flores get the job, head coach, National Football League, Bill? I don't know, man. You know, who knows? This could work in his favor. Somebody said, man, fuck it. This guy's nuts. He's nuts enough to win a championship. He's bold enough to do this. This is the kind of guy we want. And you know that he'd have the locker room on his side. Yeah. So maybe at first I want to say no, but maybe, man, maybe this works. Somebody says, you know what? I, this, this is the kind of guy we need for this organization. Somebody's going to shake us up. Yeah. You know? So who knows? It, this, may, this may work in his man. It may be, fuck it, we're going to hire him. This guy, if he's if he's bold enough to do this, he's bold enough to take us to a Super Bowl. I tell you one thing: it it, it takes a heck of a lot of courage to step out there like that and understand that there's a pretty good chance that you will, based on what we saw with Colin Kaepernick, there's a pretty good chance that you will not be a head coach in the National Football League anymore. No, you're absolutely right. With with interviews pending, with interviews still pending. For you to take that yeah. step, that that's that that's that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish the brother well. I have a lot of respect, and I have a lot a lot of respect for him. Yeah, absolutely. How can you not? How can yeah. you not? Bill Roden, keep writing that stuff, man. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep 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 pounding the drum as you do with the rest of your colleagues at the Undefeated who do a great job. And everybody, if you don't know, it's theundefeated.com. They have they do a tremendous job. They're all over this and a lot of other subjects that um, you know that that you might not see on the other websites. They're doing a great job with it. And Bill, one one day when this is all over, man, we got to do a jazz concert. Yeah, oh absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm always down for that. You know, so people don't know Bill. Bill loves some jazz. He's a jazz impresario. <laughs> I like the music. <laughs> that's the important, and that's, that, and that's the best thing. That's the best thing. Bill, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. Hey, Larry, thank you, man. My brother. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for listening. We'll join you this evening during the week on ESPN New York tonight with Gordon Damer and right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my all-world producer, the legendary Ray Primetime Santiago and the coach, Anthony Pusick, I'm Larry Hardesty. Conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN New York.